a podcast. Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in fury. An anomaly, properties under... This week on... Peter and friends, we talk about your money. That's right. I didn't change the. I kind of changed the name of the show. I did just for today. Why? Because we're we're doing it with friends this week. That's uh, my friends this week on to Peter and friends, the Pete the Planner show. Are of course producer Nicole. Hello, producer Nicole. Hello, Pete. And uh, skyping in live from DeKalb County, Indiana. What else is he gonna do? Damien Dunn, lead <laughs> uh, concierge at uh, your money line. Hey, buddy. Hey, Pete. Was that insulting? I. Probably. All right, let's get started. Here's how the show works. You email us your questions, ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. We answer your questions here on the air. And if you had emailed us the question, we will then email you the audio or hope that you've listened to the show. It's a little complicated. Let's, oh, here's what we have this week, friends. We've got a question about a 401k allocation. We've got one of the craziest work reimbursement questions, uh, work expense reimbursement questions I've ever seen. Uh, in the next segment, and then the uh, segment, and then the <laughs> third uh, segment, we're going to hit uh, another investment question as well as listener feedback, which is fun. And then finally, biggest waste of money of the week. Let's get started. Hey, Pete and friends, I noticed when logging into my 401k recently that the YTD, Nicole, you know what YTD is? No, what is that? Year to date. Oh, okay. But you can sound like really cool. Like if you're at your, your hipster parties tonight with your millennials, you're like, you guys see what the S&P have done uh, YTD? <laughs> Just say that, and everyone's like, is that a new uh, IPA, right? right that, I think I heard about that. Um, the, the recently, my YTD on my personalized rate of return is only 3.9%, even though I'm in the aggressive model. This surprised me a bit, given what the S&P is doing. As I'm reading through this, Damien, can you just grab up the latest S&P YTD? I did some <laughs> digging, and some international funds are the cause for the lag as compared to the S&P. Diversification can work for you or against you. Am I right? He did write that in the email, which I think is pretty great. So then I did some rough 10-year comparisons. I've always been in the aggressive model. And annualized, and I am lagging the S&P by almost two full percentage points. Fees are not the culprit, as I work for a financial firm, and all of the share classes for the funds and our plans offer very low fees. Mm. I have a brokerage account where I only own three ETFs, 60% total US stock, 30% international, and 10% aggregate bond. So that is a, a, a bit less diversified. I also own a number of rental houses. My wife works in the school system and thus will one day collect a decent pension. In your opinion, is it silly to remain diversified within my 401k rather than just letting it all ride in an S&P index fund? Or should I somewhat protect myself with the diversification given my other investments like you? I am 40 and bald. Thanks for that, buddy. And I plan to be done working by 55 at the latest. Thanks, man. Love the podcast. And this is from Austin. All right, uh, Damien, what's the S&P uh, YTD? 9.62, Peter. Okay. Uh, did you just call me Peter? Yeah, I did. I did. That was weird. It was weird. Including my mom. Um, okay, so uh, yeah, so the S&P is almost outpacing his, this portfolio by th three times almost. Uh, the, what he's talking about. 3.9%. Uh, two, two and a half times. 
So what do you think, Damien? I'll, th I'll toss to you, Mr. CFP. W what do you think? Should a, a guy of this age, who's got 15 years until he, he begins to look at retirement, should he just say, forget diversification and, and let it fly at the S&P? Um, I, I think it was Brian Portnoy, but I'm not sure. I, somebody said that diversification means you always have to say you're sorry. <laughs> I thought that was marriage. May, well, yeah. On a very special Peter and Friends. That's right. So <laughs> essentially it means, a, so let's say that S&P 500 over the last 10 years has been bonkers. Yeah. Good bonkers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so when you're in a portfolio, even if it's an aggressive model, you've got other um, other groups in there. You've got internationally, you've got a little bit of, of fixed exposure, whether it's bonds or cash or anything like that. So you're never going to accurately uh, replicate the S&P 500's performance, which is a good or a bad thing, depending on how the S&P 500 is doing, unfortunately. Uh, we're in a 10 year stretch where if that's your benchmark, which actually brings up another uh, great point is uh, making sure that your benchmarks are, are reasonable for what you're you're invested in. Um, you're going to be disappointed because you're you're uh, comparing something, uh, comparing your investments to uh, a benchmark that you're not accurately reflecting in your own investments. Nicole, do you ever get the feeling he should just host the show and you yes. and I could go out for brunch? Yeah, that. oh, actually, that'd be really nice. Let's do that. Where do you want to go? Nope. Um, so, yeah, you know what? That's a really good point. <laughs> it, Damien, do you remember the first time you were uh, I exposed to the concept of international investing? I remember it was a first-year broker at MetLife Securities. This is the year 2000. Uh, story time. Do we have story time music? Now I'm telling the story. Uh, and I was in this conference room, and the plants were all dying in the conference room because the meetings were typically pretty boring. They could have just been asleep, for all I know. Uh -huh. And this guy came in. He was an international uh, wholesaler, a wholesaler, and he wanted to pitch us his international fund. He said, look around your home. And I was a, a smart aleck, and I was like, we're at, we're at work. He was like, look around your home, <laughs> and what percentage of the items in your home were made overseas? And everyone's like, I don't know. He's like, that's right, most of them. So <laughs> that's why you need international exposure. You know, and that made kind of, it made sense to me. Right. Right? Yeah, absolutely. You can't just think that, that you know, domestic companies are, are the only opportunity for growth. But, but Damien, if it's lagging the portfolio and our, our economy for, uh, this is as subjective as it gets, it's doing pretty well in, in relation to other economies right now. Um, I don't know. I think there's a reasonable argument to say, maybe pull back some of the diversification. Am I, am I giving bad advice on the radio, Damien? I, is your crystal ball working over there, Pete? Let me check. No, no. No. It isn't. It so, is bro. I don't know. I'll just say this. I'm less diversified and international than I used to be. I'll just, I'm just, that's me. That doesn't make it right. By any means, doesn't make it right. But, but what Austin is suggesting is what I have done probably in the last five years. I just said, I don't, I don't care for the exposure. No, thank you. No, I, <laughs> you can make a very reasonable argument for being a little bit more US heavy, as long as you're willing to take your lumps yes. when this market turns. And I think that's where we need to hone in on with this, right? Is Austin, buddy, if you are willing to take your lumps, have at it, do whatever you want. But because still the S&P 500 is somewhat diversified. It's gotten a little wonky these days, but it's it's somewhat diversified. If you're willing to take your lumps in the next five years when it just gets hammered and, and with, with what my faulty crystal ball says, then uh, 
then then why not? I, you know what I mean? But I guess within five years or five years with the by age fifty, you probably need to dial that sucker back in to a more reasonable pre-retirement allocation. Would you think so, Damien? Yeah. I, Let's you know you, you hit on a really good point um, about the S&P 500 being somewhat diversified. Well, if you look at the list of companies that are covered in the S&P 500, we're not talking about the little mom and shop, yeah. uh, mom and pop flower shop down on the corner in your hometown. We're talking about huge companies that have their fingers in um, economies all over the world. They just happen to be located in America. You do get international exposure. What do they call that? They call it global global exposure, right? Because isn't that the term they use? I should know these things. Um, a company that's domestic can have global exposure. Is that how they say it? I should probably know that, but I do not. I heard someone say something cute about it once, and that was that's what I remember. But I guess so. You know, as we as we wrap up this segment, I guess the bottom line is this: Austin, you can do it, but you have to be willing to take your lumps. Don't email me back three years from now when the S and P's down forty percent and say international would have saved me. Put you know, be a big boy. If you're going to do it, understand that that can happen. Nicole, uh, with 30 seconds left here, did did we lose you on any of this? Because you are the voice of the listener. Did yes. we lose you on anything? No. At first, I was starting with the whole year-to-date thing going to the S&P. I was like, I'm a little lost here, guys. These are a lot of letters. But you brought me back. Yeah, well, that's what Damien does. He brings people back. Coming up <laughs> after the break, we'll bring you back. And we're going to talk. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We're going to talk about the weirdest work reimbursement question we've ever gotten. And it's a great question. It's just a weird situation. All that is next right here on Peter and Friends. Question the right of any man to voice his opinion as strongly as any can. But then again, many men are citizens of their own little world, so they ain't really fitting in. I'm in the background blending in. Back on Peter and Friends, a very special episode of the Pete the Planner Show. Uh, joined this week by my good buddy, Damien, uh, financial concierge at Your Money Line, of which uh, I am his employer. Hello, Damien. Hi, Pete. Uh, and another one of our co-workers, Nicole. Hi. All right. Um, <laughs> oh, by the way, <laughs> very special show next week. It's lots of... Oh, I, I'm all over the place. Uh, thank you for all the feedback on last week's show with my dad talking about financial stress and suicide. I appreciate the, the stories and the comments and yet to get the criticism. And I'd, I'd again like to thank my dad for appearing, appearing on the show and saying inappropriate words. So that was awkward. Yep, he really did. <laughs> he, it for he really us. went there. He really um, went there. Next week's show, uh, I, my USA Today column for the last uh, four-week running series is how to start at 50 years old, dead broke, and still retire successfully. So we're going to go through all four of those columns next week's show: how to start at 50 and broke and retire successfully. And by the way, if you're listening right now and you're 48 years old and you're loaded. I'm not suggesting that you, you tie one on and live it up for two years and then start over. That should be worth noting, right? Yeah. Hi, Pete. And, oh my gosh, in the email it says, hi, Pete and team. Um, we can just say, hi, Peter and friends. Yeah. Okay, hi, Peter and friends, especially the well-taken-care-of and highly-valuable interns. 
What? I don't know what that means. <laughs> oh, I think she's going back to that. We had one guest. Do people assume that we have like these unpaid interns? I, What's this about? I don't about? know, but like we had Aaliyah and she was awesome. She and was paid. making good money. And paid. Right? I know. My husband is a middle manager for a company that requires him to put large company expenses anywhere from a few hundred up to six thousand dollars a month with no real season or cycle on a personal credit card then get reimbursed by the company the company is good at reimbursing quickly typically on a weekly basis so we have the money before the credit card becomes due the issue we have is that the company spending is sporadic it can often be multiple different items that are a few hundred dollars uh, multiple times per week it's a hassle to keep track of and to make sure we are systematically saving the exact amount of reimbursed uh, each week so that we have it for the credit card payment that contains the expenses. What ends up happening is we spend the reimbursement money like it's our own, then barely scrape by when the card is due. Do you have any tips on handling this better? I know we could carefully track and transfer money each week. But from a habit perspective, that just doesn't seem realistic. Is there a simpler way? Thanks so much. P.S. We're newlyweds working on combining our finances and one or both of us would love to be on the show. If you're looking for guests, I think it's pronounced guests. Yeah. Uh, Megan. Uh, all right. So reaction, uh, reaction cam. Uh, Damien, what do you think here? Man, I've heard of stories similar to this, but six grand a month. That's a lot, dude. That's a lot. That's a lot. Like, what do what does their credit card limit have to be? You right. have to think it's like seventy five hundred to ten thousand bucks, right? It has to be. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just sitting there in my head thinking of the ramifications this, this has on him. I mean, we have no idea what company he works for. It could be some company that's in great financial shape, and this is just the way it's always been been done. But I mean, what if he were to get stuck with a huge credit card bill because they just didn't pay him back because money was tight? I assume he says he's a middle manager for a large company. So when everybody knows that middle management is the safe place to be. <laughs> oh, touche. Well, now you're making them feel bad as they're listening to this. Oh, Damien, maybe you're not ready for radio. Maybe not. Nicole, how do you react to this? Um, this email kind of made me angry, like reading it and thinking about just being in their position, especially yeah. as a as someone who will be a newlywed here, you know, within the next you, couple of years. Do you have an announcement? Not quite. Okay. You all know. That's that a was breaking news. I know. I was like, what? What just happened? It was here? like when we changed our Facebook status to actually in a relationship and people were like, are you priming us for something? It seems like you just primed us for something. I am priming you for something. But oh, good Lord. as someone who will be in this situation and also knowing very well what it's going to look like when I can buy my finances with him, I can't imagine having to take on a couple thousand dollars on a credit card yeah. and have to keep that in the back of my mind, right? Like that's one thing that I feel like they shouldn't have to worry about. Yeah, that, that kind of stinks. So I'm an employer, right. <clears throat> turns out. Um, Ta-da! That doesn't seem cool. You know, it just doesn't seem right. Why would you, and I know it's a large company, so it's sort of faceless and impersonal, but man, that does not seem sensitive to the financial realities of your workers. Now I know no. people are listening to this right now going, oh, you can get hella credit card points. Like, <laughs> but you know, but yeah, you, you, you can, and, and that's great. And hopefully uh, Megan and her husband are using those credit card points to, to go to Red Lobster and get Cheddar Bay biscuits and things or Ooh, whatever. Those sound good. <clears throat> but 
Yeah, that's unfortunate. Damien, what do you think about the idea of getting a separate credit card only for that? Or are this, I mean, I guess they could be doing it that way now. Maybe they're not putting other things on their credit card. That was going to be my suggestion was have a, a completely separate credit card, assuming they can get the uh, required credit limit with, yeah. with what the company is going to require them to have. Um, and then maybe even set up a separate savings account yeah. or, or checking account. Um, and it, it, she said they, the company pays back pretty quickly uh, on a weekly basis. If I, if I remember That's seeing great, that. Yeah. Yeah. Right, here's what, here's what confused me about this. Um, uh, it's hard to keep track of the reimbursed money. When you just think of what your income is, like your base income, and then anything north of that is reimbursed money, or it says he's in management, so it's not like he's in sales, so it's not like he gets commission. Right, so could they send it to a separate account and then have oh, that yeah. account linked that's, directly that's to the exactly credit card? That's exactly where I was going, Nicole. Right. Don't act like you had her idea. Uh, 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 that was Damien right. mansplaining. That's like the conference call thing. Ninety. What, what is it? <laughs> 91% of conference calls that are multi-gender are dominated by male voices. And oftentimes it's the men reiterating a point of the women on the call and then talking longer about it. Damien, I think you just did that. You're probably right. I apologize, Nicole. Uh, hey, I appreciate it. Why don't you that. apologize for two more minutes so you can dominate the call? <laughs> 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 All right. So, no, but you know what? That's it because on our, and now I'm mansplaining, <laughs> on our payroll system, you can have uh, a base amount go to one account and yeah. then the overage, whatever it is, go to a different account. And that's exactly what I would do. So, Megan, if they're a large enough company, have two direct deposits. One, whatever your family's base income is from the employer, and uh, that'll be a set amount. And then whatever the reimbursements are will, will vary. Just shoot them into a different account that is meant to pay the credit card. I think that solves the problem. Aha. Uh -huh. Damien? Yeah, I think Nicole solved it. She did solve it. I just tried to take credit. Thanks, guys. Oh, you know what? I'll take credit for hiring you. <laughs> <laughs> I do think this, but here's the tough part about this. It's not, he's a middle manager. It, it is somewhat embarrassing or humbling to have to go into his manager and talk about how unfair this is, right? I, I feel yeah. bad for the guy because he can't do that. No. Da Damien, you can't go. If you're trying to move up the ladder, you can't go to your boss and be like, hey, this is putting a strain on me. Can you? No, especially since it, it appears like they've always paid the money that he's he's charged. So, so quickly. It, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it's a, a big inconvenience for sure. But. It's a manageable inconvenience. Yeah, it is. It, it, it is. It is an incredible inconvenience. However, there's not a problem. It's almost like the cost of being in that role. It's just it's yeah. the good and bad that comes with any different position. And that happens to be the bad. Right. Now you just have to get smart about how you handle it. That, that's why I think in terms of the newlywed stuff, Nicole, that's why I think that's your separate account or the separate deposit makes sense because then they can just still focus on that base income to run their household finances on. Thanks, guys. Look at you. Solving problems All every right. day. That's what we do here on Peter and Friends. Coming up after the break. Oh, by the way, if you want to email us a question, uh, Pete, uh, what is it? Ask <laughs> Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. That is Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. Actually, I think if you uh, if you emailed Peter and Friends at PeteThePlanner.com, I think that cuts to us anyway. <laughs> Someone test that. Uh, Peter and Friends <laughs> at PeteThePlanner.com. Coming up after the break, uh, we've got another investment question, and then we're going to listen to uh, listener and reader emails. All that is next, right here on the Pete the Planner Show. Hi. 
I'm internet podcaster Peter Dunn. You may know me as Pete the Planner. You hear me on the radio and on your podcasting device, but did you know you can also see me on YouTube? That's right, we have a YouTube channel and we call it PeteThePlanner.tv. We ask you to subscribe so you can catch great shows like Pete's Eats and this here podcast with drawings. But the drawings are made with a video camera. Subscribe today. Back on Peter and Friends, a very special edition of the Pete the Planet Show. Uh, Damien Dunn, no relation, uh, lead financial concierge at uh, Your Money Line. Hello. Hi. Uh, Nicole Frankowski, um, millennial producer. Hello. And so much more. Uh, all right, guys, this is sort of the speed round. Uh, but if you want to ask us a question, do so. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. Uh, Pete, why do you think the Managed Life Path 2025 fund is performing so badly, only 1.98% YTD, uh, versus the zero risk non-managed money market account at 1.15%. All right, so uh, let, me, let me decipher this for those that don't speak this language. This guy wants to know why his mutual fund, or pardon me, I should, I should go back there. His, uh, his target date fund, his uh, full of ETFs, um, this is going well for me, Damien, the, the words, uh, why it's underperforming in his estimation in comparison to just the money market account that is just also within his 401k investment menu. So Damien, we pulled up the LifePath Index 2025 fund. Uh, what jumps out at you? Uh, the amount of bonds that are held inside of this fund. Yeah, so uh, generally speaking, uh, when the stock market is going up, uh, the stocks and bonds have an inverse relationship, and so bonds tend to balance that out. That, that's sort of traditionally what you're taught, right? The inverse relationship between stocks and bonds. It isn't always true, but if we're having a thriving stock market and you're heavy in bonds, you probably are not going to see the same returns as the S&P 500 or something like that. But I guess where this gets confusing, and I, I guess this is where I don't have a look at money market, account, market accounts in a long time. Damien, I'm a little bit surprised that the money market account is paying above 1%. Yeah, it's I just by happenstance happened to look at uh, money markets and some of the online savings accounts that, that you can find now. And gosh, you can find rates anywhere from one and a half to almost nearly two percent right now. Really? Yeah. So maybe that's what's underperforming. No, I, I don't know. I, I, so I think the answer is as simple as this thing's loaded with bonds. As we as we looked at it, uh, the actual makeup here online, it's 40.99 percent fixed income. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a, basically a classic 60-40, 60% equity, 40% uh, equity, and that's that's what it's getting, you know? Yeah, and then he also has, or inside this fund, it has almost a 20% exposure to international, which is not performing real well right now. Um, also have some uh, real estate, and depending on what the developed real estate is in, uh, who knows what, what that's doing this year, too. So it, it could just be a really bad allocation. For, for what he's trying to accomplish. I will say over the last uh, one year period, period ending June 30th, so the end of the second <gasps> We have a new Peter and friend. Is Who's joining puppy? us on the show? That's on a completely different floor. 
What, what was your home made of uh, balsa wood? What, what? Yeah, I think so. It's a very light and open concept. Yeah. So anyway, uh, one year period ending June 30th, um, this fund ranks 107th out of 222. So it's right in the basically in the middle there. But the total return on it's 6.78 percent. If I'm getting six percent or six or seven percent on this fund. I would be happy with that with a 60-40 allocation, no matter what the S&P 500 is doing. I just think he sort of, I don't know. I don't know why year to date it's it's only 1.44% as of uh, the 17th of August. It's the bonds, right? That's, without digging into it a lot deeper, yeah, that's that's the obvious answer. All right, let's dig into my email inbox. You guys want one that says I'm wrong or I'm smart? Um, let's go with you're wrong, and then we'll go with you're smart after that. Um, okay, let's actually, let me do that. Um, it's so, it's so hard to find ones that say I'm right. Oh, here we go. This one's from Kathy. Hello, my name is Kathy. I read your article on 916 in the Indianapolis Star with interest. Uh, this, the, entry, uh, the article was about how uh, college tuition has increased 100 and what, 10% in the last 20 years. And first year wages have increased 1% over that same time frame. Uh, I'm a little confused, though, as I think the solution you suggest is vague or need more fleshing out. Where is there an affordable education? Then must you choose a career you don't care for just because there are a lot of job openings there? And shouldn't we consider what they pay as well as the number of opportunities? I agree with your analysis of the problem, but I need more info about the solution if possible. Thank you, Kathy. Kathy, I have 800 words to share my thoughts in the Indianapolis Star. I just uncovered one of the craziest statistics you've ever read. I didn't have room for a solution. Plain and simple, right? Yeah. Is there okay? So to that point, another guy's got a solution. Yeah. Uh, so I should just forward Kathy this guy's email. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're a matchmaker. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, this is great. Wait, wait till you see this thing. Oh. Uh, okay. This is from Kurt. Hi, Kurt. Why no lemon laws to protect students from worthless degrees? This is a long email, so I'm going to just try to get to a little bit here. Perhaps it's time to consider new legislation because that's what we all need is new legislation <laughs> that would protect students from taking on debt for degrees that are unlikely to lead to steady or lucrative employment, such as most liberal arts degrees. I'm going to stop you right there, Kurt. <sighs> Time out. Hmm. Kurt, I am the proud owner of a liberal arts degree. You know, I guess I have a liberal arts. I have a bachelor of arts. Do you guys know that? I didn't know that. I, I did not. I went, to, I went to Hanover College, right? It's yeah. a liberal arts school. I took a theology course, philosophy. Hmm. Uh, how to teach elementary math. I was wow. a blow off class my senior year. Um, yeah, I have a liberal arts degree and I have to tell you something here and this is about to turn into a commercial for liberal arts degrees. You guys, I think the liberal arts degree makes you a more complete thinker. I think the reason we've got a financial company here that's not run of the mill is because we just think a little bit differently. So Kurt, I disagree with your assertion. Um, I think liberal arts degrees are fine, especially if you know what to do with them. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. How dare you? It's not uh, sorry. Let's actually. find it. Let's find another email. This is the section of the show called uh, "People Give Me Their Thoughts." <laughs> uh, da, 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 da. Okay. As soon as the government became, this is from I don't know. As soon as the government became involved with loans on the backs of students, that's when college tuition went up. Why can't we return to the days where Penn was a thousand dollars a semester for grad school and students could work and pay their way? through school. My husband worked at grocery stores to pay money for private high school. And I want you to know, in, in term, instead of uh, the word money, 
she put the emoji of a money back. Oh. Worked summers at the racetracks to pay for college and after army service and paid for graduate professional school. Universities have enough donated in their coffers like NYU for free tuitions. Greed, all caps, is the common denominator. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Damien, there could be some validity there that the endowments are so big that they could people could go to school for free, right? Uh, in theory, uh, the math works as long as the markets remain good and donations keep pouring in. There's a, a very well-known private college in northern Indiana with a very small undergraduate enrollment. And their endowment is big enough that if they took the interest off of it every year or the expected returns off of it every year, they could pay for uh, tuition and room and board for every undergrad every year. Is that Notre Dame? It could be. Well, why the secrecy? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it's because well, my wife's a domer and I, I don't want to uh, cause a, a, a kerfuffle. Didn't NYU just oh. have free tuition announced? Yeah, but I think it's only for um, one of their programs, if I remember correctly. It's not for every student. Uh, oh, it's their med school. Yeah. <laughs> oh. NYU set medical school tuition at $55,018. That 18 bucks, man. It's for a bowl of ramen. For the 2018-2019 academic year, which is now fully covered by the university, medical students will now only be responsible for fees like housing and books, which can add up to about $28,000 a year. So it's not exactly free. You're, you're living in New York City for a year. Yep. Yeah, that's deceptive. As, I mean, it's not deceptive. They're still getting a free education. Quote, unquote. Can you imagine having $28,000 a year of living expenses as a college student? No. Because our frame of reference here is is we we basically all went in the Midwest. Yeah. Right. So you can you can get by for like five thousand dollars maybe. Right. Um. Let's do this. Let's take a break. Let's just all think about it. Uh, Damien, can you and your dog stick around for another segment? Yeah, I'll make sure she's got a treat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she should just listen to the show. That's a treat. Yeah. Coming up uh, out of the break, biggest waste of money of the week, right here on Peter and Friends, this week's version of the Pete the Planner Show, brought to you by Peter and Friends. I'm Pete the Planner, host. This is my show. Day, living through the peace of my soul, I remain whole even in the middle of the pain. Even though my life has the rain, I still remain sane, writing and creating for my life. And my pen is my sword given by the Lord, and I use it to fight the tides of restriction. Sometimes I'm conflicted by myself looking at the trees too much and can't see the forest. Enemies shall inherit the earth, and I want to inherit something, something other than the high blood pressure and diabetes. So work is what I gotta do. Stay true to my enemy and water the trees that I sing from and look out for the lumberjacks. Running with the gale force wind at my back. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. This week's Boom, biggest waste of money of the week, right here on the Pete the Planner Show, or as we're calling it this week, Peter and Friends, it's the show and tell edition. All three people in the show this week will submit their bwoms. Uh, and if you want to go to Twitter, at Pete the Planner, and you can vote who had the best bwom, Damien, me, or Frank, slash Nicole. Nicole, uh, I'll start us out. I have two, so I'll start us out. I'll bookend it. Uh, my first one is the Gillette Heated Razor. 
It's hard to beat the comfort of a hot towel shave. The Gillette heated razor promises to provide the same experience. Instead of a towel, it uses a warming bar to heat your skin, soothing it as the five anti-friction blades rip your face hair off. Uh, oh, wait rid your face of hair. Sorry, I misread that. Uh, it offers two heat settings, is waterproof, so you can use it in the shower, has a flex, flex disc to tackle rough facial terrain. What happened in middle school? And has a built-in battery that charges wirelessly on the display stand, limited in quantity in a sort of beta test. It will ship in February of 2019. Damien, a razor that heats up, $124. No, thank you. This doesn't make sense. Nicole, does a heated razor make sense to you? No, because I'm in the shower, right? Like, I'm already heated. Yeah, right. Yeah. Here's what I do when I shave my face, because I shave at the sink. Uh, I don't need people thinking about me in my bathroom. I turn on the hot water. I run the razor under the hot water. Damien, my razor is metal. It gets hot. Same thing, Free 99 yeah, I don't know if you've ever had the experience of uh, running your razor underneath water that's too hot and then putting it on your face. Yeah. It's not comfortable. Oh, so you're saying the perfectly heated nature of the Gillette heated razor makes you think this is not a big waste of money. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying once you get the temperature worked out that you're uh, using for yeah. rinsing your razor, then, man, it's golden. Damien, why don't you give us your biggest waste of money of the week? Well, I'm going to go back. I'm going to do a historical biggest waste of money. Okay. Um, back in 2013, there was an auction on eBay. Now, back in 2013, there were a number of unique items that were up for auction on eBay. However, there was a guinea pig suit of armor. Oh, my. This is amazing. I'm sort of into this. I'm going to need to look so this up. I'm into this. All right. It's uh, a little over a week ago. Someone put an elaborately fashioned guinea pig suit of armor on eBay. Oh, and my the Lord. internet went crazy. Oh, I just found it. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Will you DM On it to Friday, me? when the bidding closed, that amount was twenty-four thousand three hundred dollars. Uh, now, I, to be fair, there's a lot of detail in this little suit of armor. I gotta be honest, Damien. I don't find this wasteful at all. Ooh. It's brilliant. Damien, would this fit the pup? Could we? No. Oh no. my god. No, no. I mean, no. It, that is great. Yeah, okay, so that's definitely not the biggest waste of money of the week. Nicole, what's yours? So I have gloss luxury ice cubes. Ooh, this, this seems like it has potential. Luxury ice cubes. Luxury ice cubes. You may be happy popping a homemade ice cube into your drink to cool down, but celebrities and the super wealthy are now demanding <laughs> premium blocks to go with their elaborate cocktails. Luxury ice cubes have been designed to accompany premium drinks, and a bag of 50 will set you back a staggering $325. Okay, that is impossible to be. Is that real? It's real. While the price tag may be high, the company makes them in Davis, California and claims they last longer and are healthier than ordinary ice cubes found in a freezer. Okay, wait, uh, Damien, you know uh, a lot of things about me. One of the things you know is I'm not as smart as I come off. Number two, which is, which is scary. Number two, I know nothing about science. How can an ice cube last longer? Isn't that your freezer's job, not the not the luxury ice cube itself? I'm trying to figure out the chemical makeup of that. Are they well, are they even water? In contrast, glass ice, which comes in both cubes and perfect spheres, 
are completely clear and contain no impurities. Traditional ice machines, generally made with local tap water, may contain upwards of 150 impurities and carcinogens, resulting in poor tasting and potentially unhealthy ice, the firm has claimed. Uh, that's how much? 350 bucks for a bag of 50. fancy ice? For a bag of 50 cubes for $325.50. What if shipping takes like two days longer than it should? Yeah. Oh. Then you've got luxury water. Yeah, you got luxury water. <laughs> um, okay, I can't beat that, but I have to give you my other bomb to book in this. Outset grill gloves. Nothing can bring a halt to a barbecue fun like a bad burn. Keep your mitts protected this tailgating season with Outset grill gloves. Sold in a pair, they're made from heat and flame resistant Aramed fi fabrics and fibers with a long cuff for forearm protection, a soft cotton interior lining, and silicone grips on both sides. Ideal for both the grill and the oven, they protect up to 475 degrees and are machine washable. One size fits all. They are $40, but here's the bigger issue. Damien, do you want to sit around with your buddies grilling, having some brats and, and, and drinking beers in your face and be wearing gloves? That's not going to end well. <clears throat> no, I, I, I don't think that's high on my list of things to do. Like, I just, I, the, the laughter alone <clears throat> would be a problem. And number two, like, who burns themselves in the grill? Nicole, do you grill much? Do you grill uh, much? Actually, I, I dabble a touch. Do you wear grill gloves? I can't say I do. Have you burned yourself? No. Damien, have you burned yourself on the grill just with normal grilling activities? None of your fancy stuff, but just normal grilling activities? No. I grilled steaks last night when I got home from all my children's youth sports activities at around 8.30. It was already dark outside. Didn't burn myself. Made some asparagus on there. Didn't burn myself. It just seems like a waste of money to not burn. You don't need these. You're not going to burn yourself on your grill. Nicole's yours is so much better. I think Thank I'm just you. really trying to force it. Thank you. That's incredible. Guys, we do have time for one last uh, reader slash listener email. So I'm going to pull that up. Um, all right, this one's from Randolph. I'm just gonna get the, a little bit here. Every Sunday, I look forward to reading your personal finance column. You guys, I'm just reading this because it sort of strokes me a little bit. The entry today really hit home. In 2001, when I was 50, we had two children in medical school, another was a freshman in college, and yet another was a sophomore in high school. We had about $3,000 cash in the bank and about $35,000 saved for retirement. I'm retiring at the end of September this year, and I turned 67 with a portfolio worth about $985,000 and a pension of $5,000 annually. My wife retired two years ago with no pension. What's prompted me to contact you is that uh, uh, all of the columns I've been reading about boomers that don't have enough saved for retirement because they didn't save since they were in the 20s. That's not true because I started when I was 50, which is a perfect segue into next week's show where we talk about how you can start broke at 50 and retire. Here's the good news about this series of columns. I've been sending them to Damien, who's a genius with the numbers, to verify the math. Just yesterday, Damien, we were going through this and you said the math works. That might be a little strong, the, the genius part. Oh, okay. But the math works. The math works. I, look, every day, like the function of what we do, uh, we have a company called Your Money Line where we, uh, our, our clients are businesses and we educate and help their employees with money like we do on the show all the time. And so we get calls and emails from employees of different organizations all over the globe and we answer questions and there's always this thing that like, well, I'm 50 and broke, I guess it's too late. 
No, it's not. And you don't have to believe me. You don't have to believe next week's show. You don't have to believe Damien's math. Take it from Randolph here, who just emailed me, who had nothing, nothing. He had 30, well, relatively nothing, $35,000 in 2001 with kids in college, and now has $985,000 getting ready to retire. You can do it too. We're going to talk about it all next week. There are four components to it. Uh, we're going to talk about debt. We're going to talk about expenses. We're going to talk about saving. And we're going to talk about housing. That's what we're doing next week. Very special thank you, uh, uh, thanks to Damian Dunn uh, for being part of the Peter and Friends show today. Thanks for having me. And thank your dog for barking. I'll pet her and tell her she's a good girl. Uh-huh. You're a good girl. Uh, Nicole, you're also a good girl. Thanks for being <laughs> also on God. Peter and Friends. Uh, it's going to be an HR form, isn't it? Yep. Feels we really, were so close. I felt like an HR form is going to be filed. All right, that's it for this week's show. If you want to email us, do so. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. We will read your question on the air, and we will email you the audio in case you miss the show. I'm Pete the Planner. These are my friends. I'm sending you good vibes because good vibes are all that's in the budget. This has been Peter and Friends. This is for information purposes only. Not the services. Financial planning device. Consult a financial divisor. Gave me to my earth family and told me to create. And so I am. Pin in my hand. Microphone on the stand. Over vinyl. I command and demand. Magnificence in an instance. I can make you dance. Cry or love. Fly as a dove. Released from Everest. The fresh is fresh. And you can call me E.T. Word to John Tesh. Let me bless this harmonic presentation. It's amazing. So amazing. I'm the reason. Uh. Salutations, I bring you love trying greetings from a far away land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love trying can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it? The tinkling of the keys is an homage to the little, little star. I sojourn over poetic descriptions of sound and travel to my other world. Out of this world, spaceship on my arm took me home, filled by the ink and the megabytes and the hypertext transfer protocol stronger than the Skynet and the Terminator. I push faders into warp speed, glide with ease, creating a breeze they call a black hole, event horizon, no rear view concerns. This I adjourn, and beats I burn, this I adjourn, and beats I burn. Salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings from a far away land. I am the soul controller, put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, try, can restore your health, I bring you greetings. Uh, salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it?